Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my mangy, homeless, disheveled-looking elf and co-host, Alex Dandino. I was really hoping you were going to go there. I was hoping I was going to get that reference. That's you. Yeah. I've always thought of you as my little helper. (laughs) I appreciate that. All right, guys. This month, the month of December, Christmas, uh, apocalypse upon us. (laughs) This month, the pod stocks your stuffing. That's what we're doing. Stuffs your stocking. What did I say? Stocks your stuffing. (laughs) Yeah, that too. You know, because Thanksgiving's on its way. Only 364 more days till next <laughs> Thanksgiving season. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal, guys. You, as the audience, picked some movies. We picked our favorites. But as we think of this show, hopefully, as a, a taste-making experience, right? We're like those really cool guys that smell wine extra long before they just drink it to get drunk. Uh, we're here to make taste. So we decided we'd pick one for ourselves. We're giving you a little Christmas treat uh, as it is the season. So we jumped into 2010 uh, European import delight, rare exports. Was Alex. This, is this a Finnish movie? I believe it's from Finland. Yeah, I uh, I think it's Finland. Yeah, they neighbor Russia. Yeah. Uh, so very Eastern Bloc kind of. Yeah, it's another, it's another one of these cold white people movies. Yeah, it says, in the depths of Corvanturi. Corvanturi. I'm really bad with names and geography just and all say that. Cold you white, guys know that. We're friends. If you just say cold white people land, I'll know where it is. It's fine. Yeah, it's the place that looks like the coldest thing you've ever seen on a movie, but <laughs> white people just walk around sweating. Yeah, constantly. It's so weird. It's like when that guy is just sweating and chilling. And I'm sitting there like bundled up. I'm like, ew, this is like the thing cold in my blankie and my little uh, slippers. And then all of a sudden, this dude's just like, I'm just out here sweating, eating food. Kids walking around with no pants on. Alex, yeah. I don't know if you had seen this. This is funny. When Rare Exports came to the States, I was there opening weekend. And it was me and two guys that looked like they could not even approach the mall where kids would meet Santa. Watching this. <laughs> This is one of those movies I watched opening night at like midnight, and I was like, I just don't like that I'm a, I'm in the same theater with these guys. Like our lives have all led us to this moment, you know. Like I go to a lot of those. I tell you, sure. sometimes I go to these movies that make me feel like I'm a bad person. But I like this movie. I, in fact, I love it. You, this was your first time watching it, first right? viewing. All right, Alex, what was your takeaway? I mean, as f- I mean, really, this is a really fascinating movie about Finland's involvement in uh, white slavery, which was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing the deep, the deep woke cut. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, <laughs> I had no idea really what I was. I was like, well, it's probably about like because when I read like the original synopsis, I'm like, this feels like a Krampus thing. Like it's gonna get revealed that it's not Santa, it's Krampus. I'm like, okay, I got it. Definitely not what happened at all. Like. It's like a shade of that and then a billion <laughs> times expounded upon from another direction entirely. I had a fucking blast watching this movie. It was really funny. Like legitimately yeah. an entertaining movie. 
Well, this, I mean, it's a funny movie because uh, it's kind of billed as a horror film, which it is only slightly. Yeah, I, I, everything about um, it is just so bizarre. It has a, it has a lot of comedic uh, elements, but I what I actually... I watching it. Yeah, what I take away from it a lot when I was watching it this time is um, how insanely Spielberg it felt to me at times. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's actually like kind of this nice little like nice little Goonies S sort of thing. Like it's sort of this jinky kids vibe for a lot of it, which was kind of funny. And like, even yeah. especially that ending, that ending is straight out of like fucking ET. As far as I'm concerned, like there is some ET level. Yeah. Shit going well, on there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause remember in monster squad or what, what was that movie? Oh, it's the faculty. We just watched where they're like, you're the Stephen <laughs> King kid. There's one of you in every school. I actually felt that way about Spielberg. I'm like, these are just those kind of kids, right? They're they're living in a more rough and tumble society and taking on these more adult roles than we think. So I thought this kid's journey was really good. I liked his uh, his arc he had with his father in the movie. Yeah. And then just the imagery of this kind of dirty old uncovered demon Santa. I was yeah. like, this just all works for me in a big way. Yeah, like just like starting off the movie, like so you see the opening like with the kids or they're watching the guys um they're watching the guys the um the American I'm assuming they're just Americans. The Americans that are about to blow up the mountain and all that shit. Right. Yeah, they've been digging in the mountain, right? So this corporation's been digging and digging and they found sawdust and this is how they used to uh pack ice, right? And so this American business uh mogul I, I guess I assume he's a mogul. I don't know what the fuck this guy does, actually. Some, he's just like a creepy little guy who wants to dig up a Santa, we learn. Yeah, right? he some, says some Roger This mountain type. is like a giant uh, burial chamber, bigger than the pyramids, and they're there to grave rob, essentially. Right. I, okay, this is a question that's brought up a lot in the movie that I want to touch base on. <laughs> so this guy, obviously, is sinking a lot of money into this excavation, right? He right. has an entire crew and all this. It has that great moment at the start when he's like, you found it. And he's like, hand out these laminated rules. It's like, no cursing, wash behind your ear, no drinking. And the guy's like, these are funny. He's like, no, it's Christmas time. Let's act like it. He's really scared, right? <laughs> it's very much like a Muldoon from Jurassic Park. Like, not the Raptors. Yeah. Anything but the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just sets a funny vibe, right? Because it's his ultra serious moment. But, you know, like with no swearing or whatever. Yeah. The, the question this movie asked me more than once is, what is the economic benefit and market uh, for creepy Santas? <laughs> uh, this is something I wanted to touch on as well because I gotta know. Like, are they cornering a market I don't know about? Like, are we not? Are we? We're just out of mall Santas. That's what's going on. Like, yeah. Are we living in? Okay. A, are we living in a post-apocalyptic world where there are no Santas? That's right. Well, this it. movie has that amazing twist at the end, right? When they they catch the Santa and go through it and they're going to sell them right because the reindeer were slaughtered so it's time to sell santa we'll make our our ducats back so they dress him up in the santa suit and roll him out and the guy all of a sudden you know that's not santa right so we we learn that our disheveled santa as we know him is actually just an elf he's one of the little helpers right um but this this gets to a bigger picture right we learned that santa's actually the giant krampus style monster still stuck in a block of ice what is this guy's economic plan? Like, let's assume this, right? This could have been a totally different movie. The dig goes a hundred. Let's let's say the dig goes exactly as he planned. Where is he taking this thing? 
How is he going to monetize it? I mean, are we looking at a King Kong here? Never explained. This thing's just running amok down Broadway. Never explained. And I realized watching the movie, it was because that guy's not important enough to the rest of the film to actually ver- <laughs> to actually for it to even matter. Like that was the crazy thing. Is like that whole opening sequence of the movie. I was like, this is like barely. Sig- this the significance of this is essentially getting <laughs> the Santa Krampus to the warehouse twenty four. Other than yeah. that, though, literally bears nothing. No, like there's nothing about that guy that's important for this. that guy. Could have been just kind of a CG Herbie the Love Bug talking red slave. Swear to God, that's his entire job. Of the movie. That is his arc. It's just film. to roll forward and bring a Santa. Uh, there's another. This th- is I. I wonder because that's what I'm. There feels like there's a big story, right? This guy feels very much like uh, Fire Marshal Bill from Hannibal. <laughs> Santa hurt me when I was young, and I want revenge. <laughs> like, I there's some dark history to that character, yeah. That I found myself desperately wanting, and when it ended, he's the one I kept thinking of. Is, well, I thought we were going to wind happened up- to that man because his plan to me at best is it, and this is because they they do that again at the end, right? These are the rare exports is that we're sending Santa to these lesser. Right. places i guess i don't know the only one i i was able to read was uh tanzania which is yeah. not your typical kind of christmas location so again maybe exporting christmas to places that don't have it but who's the buyer i mean this is, is this again- a rich wait oh my god is this like the toy right you're buying these santas to be your child's personal little santa are they building you toys is this a lap sitting scenario well I think about like Tanzania and like the places like Tanzania is a, to me the tip off. There like, was another one. It was something like Tamani Islands. I mean, to me, this feels like the uh, it feels more a little bit uh, like they're spreading Christianity around the world. It's sort of like the <laughs> it's sort of like uh, missionaries going to a bunch of uh, underdeveloped countries and tell like God's awesome. You should believe in him. Otherwise, we'll kill you. Like that's kind of like where it goes for for me. <laughs> well, that I'm was a little, what I, I'm a little concerned. I was, I was I'm like, honest. It, if this is government's importing this, this is going to go bad. To me, it's the once an animal has tasted human blood, like you have to put it down. <laughs> like the last time we see these elves, right, is they're implanting a pickaxe in the little creep's head. And then they're just full frontal dong swinging, right? Santa yeah. dong. Chasing a little boy and an entire bag full of children. We'll get to later to kill and eat, presumably, yeah. or feed to no, the no, no, not monster. even no, no. They're not. This is the thing that I think is like the funniest. This is the funniest bit to, in the movie to me is like they. First off, I had no fucking idea there are that many books about Santa Claus. Like this is the very beginning of the movie, and that kid, uh, <laughs> Pietari, P- P- is literally like. Flipping yeah. through hundreds, I'm not kidding, hundreds of books about Santa Claus. Like he has a lot of leather bound editions. Lot of leather bound. Lot of leather bound editions of the Santa Claus story. Dad, I know you have a lot on your plate. That's terrible parenting. <laughs> it's like here, young son, read this book with children being lashed, Adrian Peters stuff. Right. Style so that's what I in think. Boiled in cultures. Well, that's my thing. Is like. They never they never say like oh the kids get taken away and murdered. The worst thing that happens is Santa Claus wakes up and then like Adrian Peterson's the kids for being bad. Like because in the middle yeah. of the movie Peter like walks up to his dad is like hey I think fifteen lashes should do it I was a real dick like that's like <laughs> oh, yeah that's like mid movie. Well, you 
I remember I being like, what's going assume. on? Yeah, this movie does everything it can to make us feel terribly uncomfortable with Santa Claus as we know him. Oh, yeah. And it does the whole, like, oh, he's on your roof, right? Like, that's something that we have in our Americanized Santa, right? The Coca-Cola Santa, they call him. Right. Or, oh, he just comes down your chimney, this and that. They do everything they can to be like, oh, isn't that fucking insanely creepy, right? Like, when he looks out in the morning and he sees the footprints on the roof, you're like, oh, shit. But when that happens at my house this year, my kids would be like, magic. Yeah. (laughs) So they do everything they can to make us feel tremendously uncomfortable around Santa. Yeah. And then they just throw Skid Row Santa out there, you know, for good measure, just to remind us. Just to remind you, like, hey, could be a lot worse, you know. Like <laughs> the Santa Chainsaw Massacre starts about the halfway mark. Yeah, like, they're just like, be real afraid of this guy. Okay, so I mean, yeah, like there's a whole thing. Like, so the kids start going missing, and that whole thing is. If you fast forward to Santa Chainsaw Massacre start, it's one of my favorite beats. Is like that guy taunting it with gingerbread. The next time you see him, the <laughs> next scene, he's literally have his sunglasses on and just like sitting there chilling with his fucking ear bitten off like yeah. not making a big deal out of it it never comes up everyone's like he's, what happened to you he's he goes, slightly above like rattled yeah he's just he's, sort of like he's where oh. i am when i go to a place to eat and they're like oh we don't have that item on the menu and i'm like where the fuck is it printed on the menu then and i start getting <laughs> a little rattled like don't you have a manager who orders more fucking tenderloin like what the fuck like that's the anger level he yeah. has about getting his ear getting bitten his fucking off. ear bitten off like everyone and literally it takes two so like what happened to you? Uh, i bit my ear off oh like that's it that's all that's that's all the time that's spent like major things and like I would say this too: things that happen in American movies that we would have fucking focused on, especially someone's fucking ear getting bitten off, because that's one of those like gags. Like I think about Scream Two, like that's one of those gags in American movies that people are like, "Ooh, no, I not said that Holy Field Two, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're not wrong. Literally, <laughs> literally, nobody cares in this movie. It's like, oh, you're whatever. We'll figure it out. Who gives a shit? That guy, this- fucking, that guy's a fucking naked old man. No, this is one of those movies that. You watch as an American man, you're just like, God, what a fucking pathetic piece of shit I am. You're like, The Walking Dead is a joke. We'd all be dead. These oh, guys yeah. would be fucking running the world. These guys They'd are be amazing. like Walking Dead and they'd be like, who cares? We must catch reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> we got things to do. That's the best part yeah. is these guys are in the middle of like nowhere Finland running a reindeer ranch. They're like, well, they're dead. So I don't know. We'll, we'll no, figure something out. Think about this, right? So the first thing we see is this guy's building like an actual spike pit. Like, so something will fall to its death, and with a little tractor, he, you know, he has a severed pig's head, and he's eating an apple so he can put it in the mouth. Right. Then we go to find out, he's like, son, grab your gun, take off your goggles so you don't look like a huge puss and embarrass <laughs> me in front of the others. Let's ride a snowmobile to our electric fence reindeer thing. Oh, all the reindeer are murdered. Let's go to the mountaintop. Oh, everyone ran away from whatever came out of that hole. Weird. <laughs> just like even when the guy finds a dead body on the spike right <laughs> yeah. he's just like oh let's go eat gingerbread don't look kid and then just nonchalant as fuck yeah. tells his friend like we're gonna have to chop up this dead body for sure <laughs> yeah while the- his friend is leaving on christmas day <laughs> the or things- christmas eve night his family because you forget the guy who gets his ear bitten off right yeah the guy who looks like he's from zz top or like a ZZ Top roadie. Right. He comes to the house dressed as Santa, right? He's doing some kind of festivities. And his friend just calls him and is like, 
hey, come over here. Let's chop up a dead body. Like, it's no big... Nothing in this movie is yeah. a big deal to these guys. Nothing... Nothing... Here's the thing. Nothing in this movie is a big deal to these guys except for Santa Claus and his elves. These are literally the only things they care about. Everything else in this movie is so, so subdued. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it is... It's kind of funny how, like, we see these guys dealing with all this shit, right? And it's it's real, like, hard-living stuff. To see men like that just so rapidly be like, the kid's right, this is Santa. He just kind of comes in crying, yeah. and the guys buy it so fast because they saw him bite a broom in half. <laughs> like, well, this defies any kind of logic I could come up yeah, with. Yeah, this old fuck this old fuck bit a broom in half, literally, but it must be true. To listen to the kid for Well, what on. I thought in my brain is I'm like, every guy in that room bites brooms in half, for sure. <laughs> These are hard, man. <laughs> I like the idea. See, this is the thing, because in this way, it's almost like the anti-Spielberg, because at this point in the movie, in a Spielberg movie, the kid would still be on his own, because the parents would still be like, yeah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, they'd be, like, convinced <laughs> they could handle it themselves. The right. kid in this movie leads those, fa- like, from that point on, leads the adults. Like, all the adults yes. are totally on board. Well, it- it's funny, too, because it, it misses the most important Spielberg moment to me, right? It has this this lovely Spielberg scene. That this is when I kind of caught on to it, right? As if the kid with the mullet and all that wasn't enough. But the kid... <laughs> ear- earring, the, kid the kid with the earring. I mean, Pitari's outfit, too, is just great, right? He's got the hockey pads, the yeah. little cardboard over his ass so he doesn't get lashed. He's great. He has that saddest-looking stuffed animal of all time that he oh talks to. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, just as if we didn't feel bad enough for the life these people must be leading. Oh, his mom's dead, and he has a creepy voodoo dog. dog. Uh, <laughs> but there's this scene, right, when they, they tie up the Santa, and they're hanging him, right? He's, he's right. swinging from, like, a meat hook, but he's not, like, impaled or anything. He's chained up, and he's swinging. And they're all watching him, and they're passing around gingerbread cookies. I was like, that's such a fucking Spielberg moment, dude. Right. That reminded me of Jurassic Park. Except for not one of them has wonder on the face, right? This isn't the first time Dr. Grant sees the long neck. This is, well, this shit's really an inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Actually, I would say that is the one guy still like, I wish I had my fucking potatoes. (laughs) Literally, I I realized too, watching the movie that. That actually is the look on 99% of the characters' faces throughout the entire film. Like, not, man, we are facing some strange times here. It's This is pretty inconvenient right now. I was really hoping to get my business back on the ground, but whatever. We'll stop and murder Santa and kill all his yeah. too. Like, it's like, and even then they're like, man, we'll figure it out. Like, the whole helicopter thing at the end should be this amazing, like, whoa. And instead it's like. Well, of course I can fly a helicopter. Can't you dip shit? Yeah, no. He's just like, all I really need is that helmet. Like, once I have that helmet, I'm sad. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's an incredible, like, the, it's amazing, like, this inversion of American cinema. Like, that's the kind of fun thing about the movie is it's literally the exact, the exact opposite of how every American movie would react to those situations. Right. It's amazing. Here's another kind of not American thing that I like about it, right? So this is one of those, every character is constantly walking around with a gun, even the two kids, right? Everyone's packing heat. And essentially, the only time we see this gun fired is at kind of the critical moment where the kid needs to take charge. Right. You see the adults kind of wildly spraying them around, but 
Like when that guy shows up in the helicopter, this little tiny creep who, you know, something terrible happened to him back in Christmas past. We, yeah. we don't know. Right? Like, maybe this is Tiny Tim who's grown up, and he's I like, thought, I'll have my revenge for Uncle Scrooge's death. Well, I thought it was, uh, I thought the reveal guy, was going to be that he actually got beat by Santa, and he was, like, well, coming no, back. That guy, well, that's what I mean. It could have been any Christmas character from any movie you've ever seen right. could have been that guy. True. Like, that guy could have been Kevin McAllister grown up. You know what I mean? Like would have made a lot of sense. traumatized children. <laughs> but, no, that guy shows up and doesn't have one fucking bodyguard. Nope. He's, he's there's no shootout. He's just like, oh, I think I might have found the gigantic <laughs> Santa monster, which I'm convinced is going to be, you know, some kind of Bitcoin sized untapped market. I can make billions <laughs> of. <laughs> right. And he just shows up and gets out. He's like, hey, what's up? You got my giant Santa monster. Right. And there's no like showdown with the guns. There's not. I was like, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Because it reminds me of you know that that old stage rule, right? If you show the gun, it's got to go off by the end of the movie. Right. And and these do, but not in the way that that rule implies, right? No. That it, the shooting of those guns needs to be important. And I guess you could say Peter when he's trying to get the attention, but it's just it was so funny. I was like, man, I can. Can you imagine any American movie that has that many guns and no fucking shootout? No. Like, that's the crazy thing about the movie in general is it just so defies every ounce of logic of, like, American filmmaking. It's so just in its own category of movie. Like, there's there's a lot of things that are very, like, common tropes, but they're so subverted and so subdued in a lot of ways that it becomes sort of its own thing altogether. Like, half the time for me, like, it's it, – half the time for me, I, like, forgot it was a Christmas movie. Like, because it, it is a Christmas yeah. movie. It has a lot of, like – very common Christmas themes. But most of the time, what it is is just like this really dark tale about obedience and being like, like it's not even about obedience. Cause I was searching for like the deeper meaning, I guess. Cause there is like that aspect of obedience in it, but I was trying to find like, what is, what is this movie trying to say in general? And then by the end I was like, I think it's just trying to say that Santa's a fucking creep. Like that's exactly like <laughs> the point I got to. I was like, I think this movie is just about what a piece of shit Santa Claus and his elves are. <laughs> okay i actually pulled something a little different from me right right for me this movie is uh peter or peter uh living in two worlds right so he's obviously a kid who's kind of very inquisitive with all of his books and he's he likes the santa fairy tales and i'm assuming other stuff like that right he still carries around his dog right any kid that can make friends and bond with a creepy little piece of fabric like that has a strong imagination, right? Sure. So there's part of him who's living there. And then this other part that's living, uh, you know, alone with the dad, who's this really fucking kind of hardcore focused guy. Like he has to do all of these hard tasks all the time just to keep them alive. Right. Right. Like even when he wants to talk to him at the start, he thinks he sees Santa's footprints on the roof. His dad's like, come in. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Come in. I don't want to. He goes in. His dad's just in there casually just fucking massacring this pig, right? Right. And his son's a little afraid of that, right? This kind of version of a man. And we see it with the goggles again and the other kids kind of ribbing him, whatever. Because that other kid's a little hardened, right? He's He's got the mullet and the ear piercings kind yeah. of thing. He's already tougher. He's got a very, he starts he's got with a his very gun. Cool he doesn't hearing. earn it later. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's that. You know, kind of kid. And then he, he sees all the other men in his life and realizes that there's not a lot of time for this. Right. 
And one of the things I love most about the movie is I actually think the dad character is so fascinatingly portrayed in this movie, right? Because one thing we see is that after he makes the murder pit, he's dragging a tree into their house, right? Right. Their house has Christmas lights on it. Right. um, That don't look like the kind of lights you'd have if those are up all year. Although in a fucking place buried in snow, maybe they are. Um, But there's the scene when they get back from the reindeer slaughter. And you see the dad making gingerbread cookies, right? Right. And the kids, you know, oh, are those gingerbread? And he's like, yeah, are you hungry? And they sit down together. And you you see in the shots, right? It's kind of this classic two people at a table shot over the shoulders of the other character, this and that. Right. But in the background, you see a decorated tree. And you see this dad trying to make gingerbread the way that the mom, who I'm assuming died, right. based on, you know, probably eaten by fucking wolves and he just had to it probably happened the day before the movie started probably the day and they just had to move on yeah that's why everyone's so blasé about like well it happens what are you gonna do <laughs> that's why i started digging the pit his wife is actually buried six inches below the spikes <laughs> he's like well i'm already digging grave i might as well catch breakfast <laughs> but uh so this guy's wife is dead right and he's trying really hard to make the gingerbread and they and the kid says you know these are like moms he's like that makes me really happy they're this man who lives, like I said, a guy who's sweating in the coldest place on earth, right? This hardworking, hard man. Right. Uh, and he's trying really hard to keep what kind of childlike wonder this kid has alive. And, you know, he pays a guy to come pretend to be Santa. Like, I, I thought that shit, and it, it's so fucking subtle, right? They don't dwell on it. And even within the own scene, or that scene by the end, right? Uh, Pieter's like, do you think I've been good? Whatever. He's like, a good boy would already be in bed. Go. You know? Or do you? what if I disappeared, Dad? Like, you know, he's fishing at this yeah. point. He's emotionally fishing. And he's like, disappear your ass to bed. It's late. And Peter disappears, and you see this fucking guy crying. He just breaks down and cries, right? He just lost all of his potential income and this and that. How am I going to feed this kid? So he, he, the dad is still trying to walk both as well, right? And this guy doesn't seem like, but he's got this insane soft side and he's trying really hard, but also realizes the necessity of where they live. This kid needs to fucking be tougher, right? So his balancing act of what can I give the kid and this and that, it's funny because the Santa acts as this kind of wish fulfillment father, right? That if you're bad, he'll come and punish you. Right. If you're good, he'll give you all these fucking things. And so I I think... That scene to me stuck out as I was like, holy shit, this is really good filmmaking. And yeah. just just the design of that that living room that shows you this guy going above and beyond, right? He's not just throwing like fucking Slim Jims at him and, you know, right. figure it out. Go do some push-ups, pump the iron. This is a really hard man who's yeah. trying his best um, no, to uh, keep that softer side alive and struggling with it. Right. I. I that scene took my breath away. I thought it was really fucking beautifully yeah. kind of crammed in this tongue-in-cheek dark comedy, man. Well, that's yeah, that's no. a real fucking story. I mean, right that's there. what I think that's the part of the Spielberg aspect that is pulled from that that's the smart part of the Spielberg aspect that's pulled into this movie is that like it's a father who's trying to do the best he can with a kid who's maybe a little more imaginative than the rest and needs to maybe toughen up or however you'd put it, but that's sort of that's that's very Spielbergy, like to me. Like, there's a lot about there's a lot of that that comes from a movie like I'd say, uh, E.T. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, think like, of the oh. single mom with all the hooligans around the table. The first time we kind of meet the family, like yep. she's struggling a little bit, right? Like it makes sense. Um, 
they actually capped this moment too in a beautiful fucking moment. I, I love when Peter's trying to sacrifice himself in the electric pen. The only thing love he that. says is, you know, just tell my dad what I did. Yeah. And then we see this mirror too at the end when they're training the elves to become Santas. It's kind of, it, then it becomes this kind of weird, surreal moment where they're showing the Santas how to treat other kids kind, where the dad now a little cleaned up in a sweater is petting Peter's hair yeah. and giving him a gift. So in a weird way, the dad, by accepting kind of the child magic, mm-hmm. they, they've met in the middle and found this, this real place of love. So it's, I don't know. I, I thought that moment really set the stage for, cause the end, let's be real at the end. It's, you know, fat naked guys with their dicks flopping around, you know, kind of chasing things and threatening murder with pickaxes and shovels. And whatever. It really does demystify uh, Christmas for that you in general. moment, though. Yeah, you're like, I didn't know I needed to see Santa's dick, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that moment to me makes that moment with Peter jumping off and, and him taking charge. All of that stuff mattered more to me at the end. Yeah, because. And like it's even interesting because after that moment is when we find out uh, we see Peter. He sees the Santa for the first time and he runs to the cops and shit. Right. And his dad's like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, don't fucking think on your dad. You you never think on dad. What are you doing? That's the first rule of being a kid. No thinking on dad. (laughs) But it it makes all these other scenes play in a more interesting way to me. Yeah. I mean, there's just I mean, that's really. The movie in general, like, yeah, all these very weird sort of surrealist things are grounded by. I love that that last thing. Like, Peter, when he was just like, yeah, tell my dad what I did. Like, that, I mean, honestly, I even wrote in my notes, it's like, am I about to cry at the end of a movie about a bunch of naked old guys chasing kids around? <laughs> for a reason other than, like, oh, that's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm about to cry for, like, a reason, like, a, a father and son like a father of son finally understanding what his father needs and is a father realizing his son's potential like i'm like oh my yeah. god like i'm really feeling stuff at the end of this movie called rare exports in which naked <laughs> elves chase children across the mountains in finland like that's the beauty and like that's like the it's funny we'll say it again that's like the alchemy of this movie is <laughs> there are these like great little moments and these great emotional beats that plug you in so deep that when the surreal stuff starts happening, you actually are like, Oh my God, I hope these guys make out of like, it's not just like this ridiculous, like, Whoa, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen. Like I want everyone to survive this. The guy who got his fucking ear bit off is wearing sunglasses for the rest of the movie inexplicably. And then is able to fly a fucking helicopter. Like I wanted him to survive. And I was like, that guy, you know what? I cried at the end, but for a very different reason. How many fucking children died in that fucking helicopter set? <laughs> I love that their plan was we have to keep the kids tied up in the bag. Right. So let's say these kids have been kidnapped within the past couple days, right? Maybe even a day. I think it was four days. Set in a room in burlap, sa- burlap sacks in front of heaters, right? So right. there's a lot of probably fumes and heat, whatever. Sure. Uh, being offered up to this Santa. They go in, and I love the guy, too. He only looks for his own kid and just leaves all these bags. <laughs> Fuck these kids. And yeah, Peter's like, we got to leave them in. This is how the plan's going to work, right? This is the only way it can work. Well, that's wrong. And then we just put them in this huge bag. So whoever the kids are that are in the middle of that thing 
are being so compressed and definitely suffocated. To oh, death. Well, and these grown men are just cheering him. Look at how you become like us. You don't care about the welfare of weak children. <laughs> well, I thought about when, like when that guy, when he's just like, take the kids home. It's past their bedtime. Oh, yeah. When that helicopter lands. I mean, we're talking about a Jonestown level of <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking body. Well, pile. as soon as that, as soon as like the, uh, the only kid we see come lit- back with a blanket is the ginger kid with the mohawk or the mullet. He might have been the only survivor. As soon else. as I saw the, as soon as I saw the helicopter lift, like the, 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 all the burlap bags, I was like, the kids on the bottom are crushed. Like those kids are dead yeah. for sure. I mean, I don't know if that's a hundred kids. Let's say they each weigh anywhere from 40 to a hundred pounds. Sure. That's just physics. As that thing tightens, the ones in the middle of that ball, they're smashed. Yeah. They're smashed. They have no room to breathe. They're just <gasps> But then the ones on the burlap. the ones on the bottom are literally getting <laughs> Their last squished. meal is burlap, which in this country or this town might be the finest delicacy they've ever eaten. <laughs> I don't know. Those fucking kids. I was like, this is a tragedy. I was like, part of that sixteen million dollars of fucking new Santa Claus money <laughs> had better go to buying a mask grave. <laughs> I, oh, they're like, we already have Santa's old grave. We'll just dump all of our childhood friends back in the mouth. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of those, like, there's definitely a lot of this, hey, wait a second, kind of logic yeah. going on in the movie where you're like, man, if I hadn't caught that right then, I probably would have turned this movie off. Like, these kids, these children were clearly murdered for, for the cause of Peter and his parents. And just That's decided the lesson to of the home. whole movie, dude. Yeah. that The kids have the same arc as the elves. Well, no, the lesson of the whole movie Sometimes is... Sometimes you find yourself naked and surrounded by your dead loved one. The lesson, it's giant I mean, the lesson of the whole movie is for pedophiles and everywhere. It's just like, if you get naked and run around at Christmas, you're going to wind up in white slavery, without question. <laughs> that's the that's really the methodology Whoa. of the movie. And it's true. By the way... That, the, would be, that would be the ultimate terrorist plot, is I'm going to replace every Santa with a guy from the list. <laughs> If the terrorists wanted to win, that's how they would strike. By the way, we've watched like two or three of these movies now of like, it's really cold for these people who live here, country movies, like Taxidermia, (laughs) The Lure, and now this. Every single one of them has some sort of slaughterhouse involved. I don't understand what that is. Every single time we watch these movies, there has to be some sort of bizarre slaughterhouse scene where I see carcass of some kind. Doesn't matter what it is. Gotta eat. Gotta eat. European cinema, man, they're not afraid to tell us we're just meat. They're not afraid they're not afraid to tell you where your food's coming from. Or see, that's the thing. They're not worried. They're more into the carnal, right? You see this. This is we're meat. Yeah. Whereas other country cinema, they want to explore like, oh, what's the little spark in the light that animates the meat? They're like, No. Yeah. We're just <laughs> meat for other meat to swallow. A meat chain where a fucking never-ending meat snake eating itself. <laughs> Again, I, I I don't think I'll ever get over. I don't think I'll ever get over how blase everyone is about like clearly shocking things that everyone's like, yeah, eh, we'll figure it out later. Like what we really I mean, need to do is figure out the Santa Claus problem we're having. Like that's the, the guy who flies the, the helicopter later in the movie. Yeah, he literally is just like, hold on, kids, I'll get back to helping you celebrate Christmas. I gotta go bandsaw this body. <laughs> yes what the fuck i actually forgot about the most blase character is the fucking uh, the worst police officer ever (laughs) because i honestly just even the town as they presented it to me knowing that it had a law enforcement officer i'm like well that is very strange yeah i had no idea like 
driving around like, oh, God, everyone's radiators have been ripped off their house. As if that's not a big deal. Who literally never shows up for the rest of the movie. Ever. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, this kid's gone, and he's replaced with this disgusting, creepy husk child, right? And he's like, ah, he's probably just out trying to finger chicks. That's what I was doing. (laughs) I'm like, you are a terrible fucking police officer. The worst. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh... (laughs) Yeah, like even the kid's dad shows up in a smock covered in blood, and he's like, "Maybe I shouldn't at least see the carcass you're carving up." Yeah, this <laughs> this small Finnish mountain town is for sure self policed. Like the reason the cop is useless yeah. is because he's like, "I don't need to do anything up here. There's literally nothing for me to do. If they want to kill each other, that's their problem. Like, there's nothing he can do to <laughs> make that town safer than it already is." No, he just—he actually just found some sheriff from another district who wandered into this terrible part of town and died of freezing cold. And he's like, ah, just put this jacket on and drive around. I'll put this jacket on and drive around. <laughs> it's fine. The accent game has been strong from us to this, this episode. Has been a good I, feel episode. Like, I feel like we're doing real good. This has been a good episode for accents. I feel good about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a fascinating blend of... Because it, 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 it's got the great sense of humor that it it realizes the absurdity of this but it takes itself very seriously right and then it gives us kind of this cool i like the kids taking charge i like i like the family dynamic they give us with the kids uh you know and i i like the big goofy ending right with it's not that's not santa and then when they chainsaw santa's horns off and put them on the truck before they blow them up all of that is fun to me right right but it's based on the lair of true heart and and really clever filmmaking cuz this this is another one of those movies that nowadays you see this this come, becomes like an asylum sci-fi movie right. right this has all those extra layers of craft on it that make it something more yeah. and so even though by the end it becomes as absurd as some of those kind of asylum style flicks there is enough uh, of there's that, a though. lot more here to feast on man. yeah i think there's a lot more to it sort of reminds me there's another movie that came out in 2009 called uh or 2006 sorry called a uh, black sheep which was like it was i think it's new zealand but basically like it was a, it was a very different kind of movie this one has a lot more heart to it black sheep was more just like a straight horror film about people who were turning into sheep it's sort of <laughs> it was sort of this weird like if you get bit by a sheep you turn into a sheep like this how sort of, have we not covered this on the show yet sort of zombie movie, but it reminds me of this in a way that like it takes something that is so absurd and ridiculous but in like sort of finds a way to make it that much more uh impactful as like it's t- taking the zombie movie formula and making it like about sheep it makes it that right. much more entertaining and that much more enjoyable. This takes <laughs> this sort of like Krampus, Santa Claus is a hoax uh, deal, b- smashes a bunch of little like like peppers it in with a lot of these Spielbergian elements. It makes it actually this really nice kind of like bizarre family film almost. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, that's the movie, guys. That's it. If you can get down with. Uh, you know, some kind of Spielberg family shenanigans mixed with, uh, you know, disheveled murder shed. Like it turns very. It could have gone hostile there for a while when yep. we get our homeless Santa elf in there. If you get freaked uh, out by know, homeless naked dudes, that's you yeah. probably shouldn't watch this. But some full frontal jingle bells running after a sack full of dead children. I mean, it's a weird movie. It's a lot a of full frontal old like. jingle balls rolling around. So be prepared. Yeah. 
There's not a good like one sentence summary you can get your friend to convince them to watch yeah, it. Yeah, no. You just have um, to sit down and do it. Yeah, just beg them cuz trust me, I think this is one of those movies I always think of where it's just insanely memorable. It's yeah. very kind of unique and different feel and anytime you find a movie like that, to me that's worth watching. And it's definitely worth sharing, guys. Get your friends to sit down and watch Rare Exports with you. Agreed. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, ask them if they'd help you just murder a body and cut it up just in case. If, <laughs> if you found a body in your wolf pit, would your friend drop his Christmas celebration to come help you bandsaw that thing? That's the real question, friends. <laughs> and if they would, that means they're a good friend. You hold on tight to them and you share the Film Alchemist podcast with them as their Christmas gift. If you find us on a directory where you can leave us a rating and review, please do. It helps us out enormously, guys. Please. Um, I'm sure all of you listening have social media. If you do, please like our pages, right? We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. Uh, share that with your friends on your timeline. Share the episodes you like, the movies you like. That also helps us out. So that uh, is our plea from you guys. That's all we're asking for. It is Christmas time, the gift of giving. Uh, works both ways we'll keep giving you shows you guys please give us a little help to push it out to more people man uh up next what are we doing alex we got a lot of uh up, stocking stuffers up next we got little benny Bruger's pick r100 r100 which, coming up next which i watched a trailer for the other night right actually right after i watched rare exports because it's on it's also on amazon prime uh i watched the trailer for and i am deeply intrigued seriously I like this letting the alchemists get in and see what their weird little heads come up yeah, with. I'm, 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 I'm into it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for us. Uh, we'll see you next time with R100. From the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Ho, 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 bitches.